Thanks for joining us. I hope today's message builds your faith and inspires you to change the way you think. Before we get started, I want you to know that we truly care about you and what's going on in your life. Please give us a call, send us an email, or connect with us on our app so we can stand with you in prayer. What is a soul tie? Are they healthy for us, or can they destroy our relationships? Today, Pastor Dwayne will be answering these questions and giving us some steps to take to overcome the ones holding us back. Let's take a look at today's message, Soul Ties. I'm going to bring a very unusual message today. And uh, some of you, this is going to just like really, really hit you. And others, it's going to be more like, oh, there's some information that I might be able to use uh, to help somebody else. But I want to talk to you today about soul ties. Uh, Satan wants you to believe that your past is your future. It's just going to be a continuation, but it, it should not be. In fact, the Bible tells us that the path of the righteous, it should just get brighter and brighter until it reaches full brightness like the noonday sun. Now, a soul tie is a relationship with someone where their actions affect your well-being. Somebody said a soul tie is a connection that unites your inner being with another person. And it can be where one person is dominated by another. Now, there's both very healthy soul ties and there's very unhealthy soul ties. And, and we're going to take and uh, look at that. They can be good or they can be bad. And uh, Jesus said this about marriage. He said the two become one flesh and they're no longer two, but they are one, right? And in marriage, it's a good soul tie, right? And in fact, in marriage, there is, a, there is a tie that is much, much deeper even than just a soul tie. And uh, Jesus made it very clear uh, with a woman at the well when he said to her, he says, you know, you've been married five times and the man you're living with now is not your husband. Uh, you realize that a sexual relationship does not constitute a marriage. But uh, one of the most popular scriptures in the entire Bible is 1 Samuel chapter 17. Uh, in fact, a lot of people know this story and don't even know it's in the Bible, right? But it's the story of David and Goliath, how David is actually probably only 14 or 15 years old, sent by his father to bring some food to his brothers who are in the army under King Saul. The, the Philistines had a, a giant by the name of Goliath, and for 40 days, every morning, every night, he came out, and he literally mocked the Israelites and just said, send me one man, and I'll fight him. If I kill him, then you're our slaves. If he kills me, we'll be your slaves. And David came and heard and uh, said, I believe I'd like to do that. I'll go and fight that guy. And they end up sending him, and all that he takes is a, a sling and picks up five smooth stones from that riverbed and goes down and puts one of them right in that giant's forehead, ran over, grabbed his sword, cut off his head. When the, the enemy saw it, they ran, and Israel gets a great victory that day. And the king's son is named Jonathan. And when he saw what David did, and he went and spoke to him, it says, now when he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan 
was knit to the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And uh, if you, you follow through the next several years, Jonathan is the one who literally gave David an opportunity to become king. He's the one who warned him, my dad is trying to kill you. He's the one who went when David was hiding in a cave. He's the one who went and said, be encouraged. My father's never going to catch you, and you're going to become king. And then when Jonathan later dies, David actually takes his son into his home and adopts him and treats him as his own son. It was a soul tie. It was a good soul tie. Right? But not every soul tie is good. Some are, but some are not good. Right? In 1 Corinthians 6, it says, Do you not know that he who joins himself to a harlot is one body with her? For the two, he says, shall become one flesh. Right? And it is, it, I, I, uh, I, I was a, 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 a jogger, a runner for, for 45 years. Uh, one time we were down in Tulsa visiting Jeannie's sister. And uh, they lived in town. We've always kind of lived out in the country, but they lived in town. And I was running around her block, and it was like a half a mile around the block. And uh, the first lap, he, I don't know where it came from. Well, all of a sudden, roar! the biggest, baddest pit bull that you have ever imagined in your worst nightmare was coming at me. And it's like, when I see him, like, like he's from me to Tom. He's like from me to you away. And I'm like, ah, and that thing got right up about six feet from me and hit the end of the chain. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know? And that dog just whoop, back legs out from under a whoop, wham, fell down. I was praising the Lord, kind of like, nah, 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 you know? All right? <laughs> but here's what happens to some people, right? They try to get away from their past. They try to get away from somebody. And it's, they're just like that dog. They're going, and all of a sudden, they get to the end of that chain, and it's like they're tied, and they just fall back down and go right back where they were before. Um, there was, a, there was a woman in her late 60s. She said, I, I, I'm getting divorced for the fourth time from the same man. She said, every single time, he has had multiple affairs on me. And I, I, I knew it wasn't right, and I just couldn't stay with him. I contacted sexually transmitted diseases, and she said, I'd get a divorce, but then he just... He'd just come back later, and he would just say nice things and do nice things, and I'd go back, and then exact same thing would happen again, and we'd end up getting a divorce, and then he'd come back and be nice and tell me these things, and, and I'd get married to him again, and I'll be a mess again, and then we'd get a divorce, and then he came back again, and I don't know, he'd just come and he'd say those things, I just feel so good, and it just, I just wanted to be with him, and I knew it wasn't right, but I just wanted to. And she says, now I'm in my late 60s, 
And I know I have missed the things that God had for me in my life, but I just could not stay away. I couldn't stay away. You know what that is? That's a soul tie. That's a soul tie. Uh, you're so emotionally connected to somebody with a wrong soul tie that you try to get away, but you just, like that dog, you end, come to the end of that rope, but you're tied, and you don't seem to be able to get away. People get stuck. They never fully move on, right? They haven't severed relationships with people that they know they should sever relationships with. It's been years, but you're not released in your soul. In an unhealthy relationship, you know you should get out. You know it, but you don't get out. And you would literally say, I can't get out. There's abuse. There's sexual abuse. There's negative influence. You know, in a sexual relationship that you know is wrong, you're in it. But you can't resist the urge to be with that person. Now, listen, by the way, I'm not talking about your spouse. All right? I've got to make that very clear. I'm not talking about your spouse. Right? Now, in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 23, it says, May the very God of peace sanctify you completely. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we're talking about something in your soul. It's your mind, the things that you think about, your will, your decisions, your emotions, your feelings. Right? Those are what your soul consists of. Right? Now, I want to talk to you for just a moment about how these relationships, how soul ties, I should say, are formed. And first of all, it would be through a close relationship. The soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. And those two, they like became inseparable. Right? Jonathan preferred David for the throne. He, dis he encouraged him, again, when he was totally downcast and in, in, in despair and depression, right? And again, David adopted Jonathan's son afterwards. They were, they were close. It's a close relationship, right? But when it's a wrong one, it's pulling you out of God's will for your life, right? Someone who does not respect, by the way, your assignment from God doesn't really even qualify for a close relationship with you. The Bible says in Proverbs 6:23, the commandment is a lamp, the law a light, the reproofs of instruction are the way of life to keep you from, and it mentions the evil woman. How many of you know there's just as many evil men? Maybe more, probably more. Right? But notice the Bible is to give you the wisdom to know who to stay away from. You should not have Relation, close relationships with certain people, right? So, first of all, soul ties can be formed by a close relationship with someone. They can be formed by vows, commitments, and promises. You know, I'll never stop loving you. I'll never get you out of my heart. You're the only one that I will ever give my love to. No one will ever take your place in my heart. You'll always be the only one for me. Now, you may not realize it, but those words have a tremendous amount of power over your life. The Bible says death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it will eat its fruit. 
In Proverbs 6, it says you're snared by the words of your mouth. And those words can be a trap. Right? Now, we're talking there particularly about in a relationship, but words can, you, 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 can, you can make an inner vow to yourself that will trap you. Uh, I've known people who made a vow that said, you know, I will never be poor. Right? And as a result, they become a workaholic, and those, that inner vow literally dominates their life. Uh, I have a friend who had a friend, who had, has a friend, right? And uh, this kid grew up in a family where his family, they were, they were like health fanatics, kind of like Jeannie, okay? I mean, they, he, they, they would not allow their, their soft drinks in their house, and their kids, they, they never got to have soft drinks, right? And this may sound like really a trivial thing, but this kid, he, he said, you know what? When I grow up, I will always, always drink pop. Right? <laughs> the garage, literally, the cars could not be put in the garage. Cases and cases and cases and cases of soda pop in the garage. They did finally realize what happened, and they broke that thing. But you can, you can just say things. I will never trust another man, woman. You can make that inner vow. And those words literally snare you. All right? You can be abused as a child by a parent. So, you know, I will never discipline my children. You know, that type of an inner vow, it can have a tremendous, tremendous amount of power in your life and needs to ultimately be broken. But the things that we were talking about, saying, I will never give my love to somebody else, those words can keep you trapped. You feel like something is pulling you. You, you feel something preventing you from fully going forward because of some words that you said. And uh, they're, like, they're like a weight. I remember a number of years ago, we had a kids' camp, and, and I think I, I went out with four or five of the pastors here from church, and we went to the kids' camp, and it was on a little lake, and, and uh, we got in two different little rowboats, and uh, we rowed out to the roll, road, road, road. We rowed out to the other side of the lake, and, and we were fishing for a little while, and then we were going to have a race back to the beach, all right? And uh, you can't tell, but I used to be in really good shape, you know. <laughs> and uh, I just thought, oh, man, this is good. I'm a, the, the guy who was, you know, had the, the oars in the other boat, I mean, the, there was going to be no contest, right? So we get going. And we were losing. And we were losing bad. Right? And I just couldn't figure it out until we got back and realized our anchor was out. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Some people have got an anchor out. They've got an anchor that's out there. It's, it's a soul tie to somebody in their past, right? And they're, they're like they're held captive. Um, 
One girl told the story. She was in her early 30s. She had dated a guy in high school. And uh, they had broken it off. But every year, he would contact her. Just say, I'm thinking about you. And, and ultimately, ended up on Facebook, by the way. You know, I'm thinking about you. You know, what we had was so special. And every year, she'd go back to him. Every year. And it would just be, a, you know, two, three, four weeks. And she's just going back. You know, again, it was her emotions. She said, you know, he'd, he'd, he'd call and she said, I, I just feel what I used to feel. And, and there'd just be this passion that would just rise up on the inside of me. Right? And, and it happened every single year until she finally realized what it was. It was a soul tie that needed to be broken. All right? And by the way, it can be words that you, you don't even remember that you said. You know, I, I don't need to go and see the seeds that you planted in your garden to know what you planted. If there's tomatoes there, you planted tomatoes. And if there's carrots, you planted carrots. And if there's cucumbers, it's because you planted cucumbers. Right? And if there is a soul tie, in some way, that soul tie was formed, right? And it needs to be broken if it is a wrong soul tie, right? And ungodly soul ties can be formed when unmarried people have a sexual relationship. The two are no longer two, the, the become, the Bible says, one, right? That's how God made us, all right? So that in a sexual union, we would be put together. We'd be knit together, all right? Uh, it can be something that, that happened years and years ago, but you still, it's still affecting you, you know. Uh, by age 19 today, seven out of 10 unmarried teens have had sexual intercourse, right? And the result is that their souls just keep on getting chipped away, chipped away. And it's no wonder we see so much divorce today. They have divided, fragmented souls. Uh, Savelle Foy wrote, uh, when we give ourselves sexually to another person, a part of our soul is chipped away. When we give ourselves to many sexual partners, many pieces of our soul are chipped away. Eventually, we feel like one fragmented person incapable of loving just one person fully and completely. Something blocks us from giving our whole selves to one person, perhaps even our marriage partner, because we aren't a whole person. Our soul is still tied to some degree to the people we've been intimate with. You know, the Bible says that a double-minded person, and literally it's a double-souled person, they're unstable in all of their ways. And uh, I just wanted to mention one of the ways that so much is happening today is through the Internet. Uh, we just kind of got online and just looked up Facebook affairs, right? And uh, it's just incredible that this Facebook has been used as a vehicle to connect people's past with their present. And, and I want to say, first of all, Facebook is not responsible for affairs. It's just a vehicle that people use, no different than getting in your car and robbing a bank. How many know the car didn't rob the bank? You did, right? It's not Facebook that created the affair. 
all right? But connecting with the opposite sex to exchange pictures and chat and socialize opens up a Pandora's box filled with curiosity, excitement, temptation, passion, and opportunity, right? And so many people are reconnecting with people from their past on Facebook and causing extramarital affairs, just simply affairs, uh, because of the, the possibility to do things in privacy when nobody else is going to see, right? And it's such easy access and lacks boundaries, right? And when we refuse to take responsibility for our action, we're just setting ourselves up. And uh, you need to just be extremely careful. And some of you, you just need to befriend and delete a whole bunch of stuff and a whole bunch of people, right? Just to be safe, right? Be safe, be right, all right? Breaking soul ties, number one, is decide to please God more than anything and anyone else. Jesus said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, right? You need to decide. And let me just say this. There needs to be a strong desire to be free. You never get free if you do not really, really deep down inside want to be free. Jesus said, what things whoever you desire when you pray? And unfortunately today, a lot of people run around like a bunch of Buddhists. And you say, what do you mean? Well, in Buddhism, you're supposed to empty yourself of every desire. You have no desire, right? In fact, Buddhism teaches the reason for all the problems of the world is desire. But that's not what the Bible teaches, and that's not what Jesus taught, right? Jesus said, when you go to prayer, he said, you need to have desire, desire, all right? The bright light of Christ makes your way plain. So no more stumbling around. Just get with it. You know what you should do. The Message Bible says you grope your way through that murk once, but no longer. You're out in the open now. The bright light of Christ makes your way plain. So no more stumbling around. Get with it. The good, the right, the true. These are the actions appropriate for daylight hours. Figure out what the will of Christ is, and then Nike. Just do it. Just do it. Stop having sex with somebody you're not married to. Stop fantasizing about somebody you're not married to. Stop texting, emailing, contacting, connecting on Facebook with somebody you should not be. Break off all communication. Take every thought captive. Don't wait another day. Don't justify a wrong soul tie because literally your future is at stake. Your destiny is at stake. You choose God over people and feelings. And remember, the devil wants your past to be your future, but it never should be. Proverbs 4.18, the path of the just is like the rising sun that shines brighter and brighter unto the perfect day. Jesus said this. He called his disciples to him, and he said, if anyone intends to come after me, let him deny himself. Forget, ignore, disown, and lose sight of himself and his own interests and take up his cross and join me as a disciple and siding with my party. Follow with me, continually cleaving steadfastly to me. To get free, you need to declare your freedom. 
You need to break every tie, and you need to connect with all your heart to Jesus. It is an imperative, right? Secondly, declare the power of the blood of Jesus. Because you were not redeemed, Peter said, with corruptible things like silver or gold from the vain conversation. Uh, other translations say useless conduct received by the tradition of your fathers. The way of life that your culture gave you cannot redeem you. It can mess you up. But you were redeemed with the precious blood of Jesus. You belong to God. You were bought with the price. And the Bible says you overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. In fact, I'd just like you to, to just bow your heads right now. And I'm just going to make a declaration over you, a prayer over you. And I renounce in Jesus' name any tie that empowered a person or Satan, and we reject all ways the enemy has used in relationships that brought about wrong soul ties. I cancel all ungodly, destructive, harmful, hurtful effects of these relationships that they've had upon them, upon their marriage, their family, and their ministry. And I forbid the enemy's interference or continued use of these relationships against the people of God. And I claim the blessing of the Lord Jesus on every part of their life and their relationships, and that they will be empowered by the Holy Spirit. And we pray in the name of Jesus and the power of that name. Amen. And amen. Thirdly, Thirdly, build yourself up in the Word. It says, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the Word that you may grow thereby. And again, Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night that you may observe to do according to all that's written therein, and you will make your way prosperous and have good success. And number four, don't look back. The Bible says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. Don't drive by, don't check Facebook, right? Clean that computer up, clean your house, delete, unfriend, get rid of pictures. Isaiah 43, do not remember the former things nor consider the things of old. Don't go back in your mind. Don't keep things that, that keep on reminding you. Remember, your soul, it's your will, your thoughts, and your emotions. Your will is what you want. Your thoughts, the things you think. Your emotions, the thing that you feel. So get rid of the memorabilia, you know, the songs, the movie, whatever it is, get rid of it. Psalms 124 says, Our soul has escaped as a bird from the snare of the fowler. The snare is broken, and we have escaped. The snare is broken, and we have escaped. I think it's interesting that when Satan tempted Jesus, he came three times right away, and then it says he left for a more opportune time. Think about that. He wasn't done. He was just looking for another opportunity, right? 
And it, what the devil will try to do, he will try to bring this stuff back. But you just need to keep standing against it and standing against it and standing against it. And the day will come when Psalms 131 is true for you. Surely I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with his mother. Like a weaned child is, the, is my soul within me. He's saying the day comes when your soul is quiet, it's calm, it's whole, it's healthy. Right? <laughs> but it, it can come, it, the, the process can be like weaning a child. How many of you ever had to do that? Do you remember those nights? I mean, that baby, that baby is like, I want it, and I want it now. And I want what I want. Don't give me no substitutes. Right? I remember the day when that child's weaned. As the Bible says, that's what your soul can be like. There may be a time where you're going to have to do some wrestling. Right? You're going to have to take authority over every thought and bring it captive to the obedience of Christ. There may be that time where Jesus said, don't let your soul be troubled. Don't let your heart be troubled. When, when there's those, those feelings and those emotions, and you have to take authority over that. But surely, I've come, I've quieted my soul, and the day will come, that's what you'll be like. Like a weaned child with his mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. And there will be quiet, and there will be peace, and you'll be able to pursue the destiny, and the purpose that God has for your life. Now, if this message has touched your heart and you've realized, you know, I'm not where I should be with God or I don't know where I stand with God, I'm not right with God, I want to invite you to pray a prayer with me, a prayer to surrender your life to Jesus and to receive the forgiveness that he has for you. Would you bow your head? Make these words your own. Pray this from your heart. Say, oh God, I believe that Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid for my sins, and I believe that he rose again. And I give him all of my heart and all of my life. I surrender. I hold nothing back. And I receive the forgiveness that you have for me. And I thank you. You've heard my prayer that I'm forgiven, that I'm a part of your family today and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, if you prayed that prayer from your heart, God heard that prayer. In fact, the Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And we have just called on his name the way the Bible shows us to. And if you prayed that from your heart, you are saved, forgiven, and right with God. Now, I want you to keep growing spiritually. And for that to happen, you need to receive good spiritual food. Now, I wrote a book that I want to send to you absolutely free of charge. Right? You can download this book. It is full of bullet points to help you keep on growing spiritually. Uh, if you can't download it, you need a hard copy. If you'll contact us, we will get you that hard copy absolutely free of charge. Right? It is our way to bless you and help you keep growing spiritually. I want you to know we love you, we pray for you, and have a blessed day. If you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Dwayne, you are making one of the best decisions of your life. We are so happy for you. To receive a copy of Pastor's free book, you can go to walkingbyfaith.tv and request a copy of this book be mailed to you. Or you can download it right there instantly. Either way, it's absolutely free. Did you know that you can find today's message available for free on our app? You can watch it right there or download it and save it for later. 
You can also follow along with Pastor's scriptures and share images on your social media. Or you can find today's program and others at walkingbyfaith.tv. Just click on Watch Latest Program. And as always, you can purchase a copy in the WBF store. If this ministry has impacted your life and you'd like to help change the lives of others through Walking by Faith, please visit walkingbyfaith.tv give for information on becoming a partner with us. We'd love to hear how God is using Walking by Faith in your life. You could connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or send an email to your story at walkingbyfaith.tv. We'll be starting a new series next week, The Journey of the Follower. It's going to be so good. We'll see you back here then. Have a great week.